Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joey Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. Welcome, my friend. Write down these numbers right now. You may not need it now, you may not need it tomorrow, but sometime you will have a question about your pet for our dog trainer, for our groomer, for our veterinarian. Maybe even Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 is the number. Big show for you today. Uh, Let's start off with Joey. What do you got coming up? We're going to talk about your dog's dental hygiene. Oh, and I'll tell you, Ladybug's dental hygiene is pretty good. She she does not smell like a dog. She's got great breath and really? great teeth for a small dog. That's pretty rare. And she's a smoker. Not a lot of people know that. So she, <laughs> she doesn't even have that smoker breath. Uh, it's, she smokes snossages. Snossages? Yeah. Okay. Tammy, what do you got on the docket? Well, you know, scientists are always trying to figure out all these mysteries of life. They've actually figured out why dogs spin in circles before they poop. I've been wondering. Yeah. Well, we'll We've find out. We've got the answer. You've got the answer. That's on the way, and that'll keep you around. Hey, Alan. Yeah, I got it. Hello there, Halloicious. How are you doing? <laughs> I am good. Thank you for asking. Is that a new cologne you got today? Yes, it, uh, it's uh, New Spice. I thought it was Dog Spice. <laughs> It's Old Spice. I put a little oregano in there, a little Italian seasoning, some uh, Parma. I'm not allowed to call it Parmesan anymore. I don't know if you heard that story. No more Parmesan. The uh, the EU says that us here in America, we cannot call it that anymore. That, of course, is the same as champagne, which you can't call champagne anymore because there's a city in France. That's right. Champagne region where it comes from. We have Wisconsin here. You know, our babies are born made out of cheese. What's wrong with these people? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Joey Volani came to us, I don't know what. Years ago. Years ago. Many, two, many moons ago. I think 2008, 2009. When Somewhere did you right join there. us, yeah. Joey? 2009. Yeah. And of course, I'd never heard of you until I saw you on the show Groomer Has It, which was a reality TV show. Was that on Animal Planet or was that, that was Animal Planet, right? Yeah, that was an Animal Planet show, yeah. And you were the judge. You were the, they were trying to find the groomer of the year and you guys picked this guy, Artist Knox. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if you've caught the newspaper lately, Joy, but let me tell the listeners, because I'll tell you, Artist has been a, a friend of the station. Yeah, he's been a guest on the show a couple times. In fact, let me set it up. This is his own words. Hey, this is Artist Knox, Groomer of the Year, and when I'm rolling in my vehicle, I'm listening to Animal Radio with Hal and Judy. Get at me! So, <laughs> we, we had a relationship. Good friend of the show mm-hmm. and everything. So, of course, after winning Groomer Has It and being crowned Groomer of the Year by our very own Joey Volani. He got $50,000. Right. He got his own television show, and he got a truck. A truck to go out and groom. A grooming truck, which you might remember. He got into a wreck just shortly after he He got that truck. He did wreck it. And I know this comes to shocking news. He has apparently pled guilty to arson, setting his apartment building afire. Why did he do it? Because he couldn't pay the rent. Not the first time. Apparently, there was uh, six other cases where... They didn't convict him. They They didn't know. They suspected him in different situations where he apparently uh, also set fire to a business and uh, other cars, places all where he was in arrears. He also, and this just happened, uh, this was uh, 2008, after winning the $50,000, he uh, moved into this apartment and got some old mail for the tenant prior to him, a check. For a refund on a wedding, and he went and he cashed that check. <laughs> now he's also convicted of uh, identity fraud and will spend five years, eight months in jail. Wow. 
pretty wild. Did you know any of this? Did you know any? He was a hot. He was a hot. He was a hot groomer. What can I tell you? He was a. He was a good groomer, though. You know, the kid had so much talent, and oh, he just had such a great start. He was given everything, and just that's a waste. It's a shame because if you ever met the guy, the guy has a very um, great, good personality. He seems like a a really good guy. You know, I I hope he can clean up his act here. This guy's got some problems. A TV show, a truck, fifty thousand dollars. But he's got some problems. He's got some issues because you know, obviously, he had a, he was on the the fast track to being a star, and he did self destructed. That's too sad. That's too bad. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad. I, I, I do. hope he, you know, straightens himself out because he's obviously got some major problems. And I hope nobody got hurt when he burnt down his apartment building. No, nobody was hurt. No. He did it uh, apparently when everyone was he premeditated that portion. He didn't want to hurt anybody, so everybody was yeah, gone. There well, were six tenants in the apartment that were not in the uh, the apartment at the time. How do you know he could have easily made made a mistake? He could have easily killed somebody. Getting a television show and all all the money yeah. for your bills doesn't, doesn't guarantee doesn't guarantee a great life. Yeah. That was wisdom, Hal. I mean, that was some wisdom-filled stuff right there. Yeah, you know, that was really deep. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm Here, sorry. I have to lay down for just a minute. He, just a minute. I'll he, be back. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Here's artist on the show uh, in 2000. What is this? 2009? Yeah. I, think so. I have arrived. Somebody wants to kidnap me and have me grooming a poodle butt naked in their basement. That was in uh, 2009. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a tragic story. It's a tragic story that I, I'm getting the wrong emotions, but yeah. that's okay. I, maybe I'm just screwed up. Hal has no I have no feeling. People to be laughed at that are suffering. I don't want people to. Okay, maybe just a little bit. See, I don't know. I can't feel sorry for somebody like that. That's, oh my gosh, Alan, would you take a? This guy's a, Can you, you know, feel sorry for somebody that mo- takes a check out of somebody else's mail and well, like cashes it? Like I told it? you, how? Like I told you, the guy. I, I feel like he's got some really bad mental issues. And in America, we always we always root for the underdog to come back, you know. And when somebody becomes a big giant star, we want them to fall. And then when they fall, we want to pick them back up and forgive them. I have arrived. Somebody wants to kidnap me and have me grooming a poodle butt naked in their basement. Oh. You know, and people do have problems. You know, we just had a um, a case here in. In uh, Las Vegas, where um, a owner of a pet shop set the pet shop on fire with dogs inside. I it. saw that. Yeah. That's horrible. That's... Isn't that insane? Someone who supposedly loves the animals and cares enough about them to take care of them. Yes, it, it's just very upsetting to the whole community. Yeah. I have a question. Was he desperate? Because so desperate people do crazy, desperate things. Yeah, I think they were in financial problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? You always hear it's like the millionaires, the the lotto winners, that always get into trouble. Two years later down the road, they've spent all the money and they're in trouble. Uh, let's uh, head to the phones. We have Jay on the phone. Hey, Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. What's going on? Uh, I have a ten month year old golden doodle, and I heard just recently on your show, no bones. So I want uh-huh. to ask about that. Um, I've been giving my dog some marrow bones, and uh, one of the local places there to have um, bones that like smoked and stuff like that. So I wanted to call about that, and also, you know, the deal with collars is detachable, okay? So, so the first question about bones, and and the honest truth is that any kind of bone that comes from an animal, and so when we talk about bones, we got to clarify um, actual bones. Um, there's always the potential for injury resulting from chewing on those. So very powerful chewers are going to hopefully chew that up and they're going to exercise for their, provides exercise for their teeth. But there can be fragments that they will ingest that can cut up things along the way. Um, I've had dogs, we've had to remove bones out surgically. 
others where a bone became lodged into their esophagus and it uh, actually ruptured through and they died. So there are a lot of bad things like that that can happen. Now, there's other minor things from eating bones. One, digestive upset. So sometimes they'll just get the run and diarrhea. Um, so that can be a problem for many dogs. But the one thing that a lot of people don't realize when you give bones to your dog to chew on them, in many cases, the teeth are going to be the thing that you're trying to help by, you know, keeping them clean and white. But you actually can hurt the teeth by feeding them bones. So the enamel of the teeth in many cases is weaker than some of these bones. So it'll actually crack pieces of the tooth off, um, which can be very painful and actually cause um, even um, infections in there. So it it can mean a root canal or a surgical removal for teeth. So all of those kind of things are my reasons why I'm really not a fan of um, natural bones. But as a owner of a golden doodle, you're probably looking for something to give this baby an outlet to chew on. And um, there's, and it kind of goes even with the synthetic things. You know, there's a lot of good chew items out there, and anything that you provide to your dog has the potential to cause problems. So there's nothing I can say that is perfectly safe. But I will tell you that there are some good products out there that you can look at, and always, always, always supervise your dog with it, especially a puppy. So there's some really nice ones that are made by Kong, Bionic, rope-style bones. All of those things, though, again, you know, you have to watch. If they start to get chewed up, there's pieces missing, um, your pet is really opening things up. You know, any I would never with a Golden Doodle even look at a stuffed toy. <laughs> you know, the kind that are stuffed with a polyfill. Those are just waiting for a surgery to remove those out of the intestinal tract. So, Dr. Debbie, um, what about rawhide bones? You know, rawhide bones can be, this is the same thing, they can be good and bad. So I'm not a fan of like the little pieces, the flip chips and the kind that are shaped in all the different uh, uh, little shapes. I do like the style called the um, compressed rawhide, which is under a lot of high pressure. If you pick these things up, they feel like you're picking up a baseball bat. They're really good yeah, like duty. Yeah. yeah, so if I have an avid chewer and nothing can hold up to them and they're eating plastic toys or you know eating things in the house, I, I actually will pull out the com- compressed rawhides. And again, supervision only. When they get down to the smaller nub, I do discard that. What about something like tendons? They have something called like a wishbone. It's kind of like a, a tendon. Is, is that fine? Yeah, you know, those aren't probably going to last as long as you might be looking for. Um, and, and there's some really exotic things that they will dry up and freeze dry in the name of dog chew. So anything from ears to tendons to penises, you name it, and you're going to find it in pet stores. Um, with any of those type of products, you just have to watch because um, sometimes, like for my own dogs, I used to feed them rawhides. I had to stop that because um, in many cases, the salt that's used in the curing process can be too much, and it'll cause diarrhea for some dogs. My my dogs included. So, you know, with any of these products, you really kind of have to see how your pet tolerates it, both going down and also those after effects of it, and and just kind of using good caution. Don't don't add too many things in at once. That's always a a common mistake a lot of folks will do. They'll say, "Oh, I'm going to give a treat here, a jerky treat there, you know, chew bone, all these things," and it can really be a little bit too much. It's like a lot of potato chips for dogs. So, just keep those limited. Hey, well, Dr. Deb, you know... I'm away from eating all my roast beef. That's what I'm trying to do. 
Ah, uh, yeah. No, I would rather you, you give him something to chew on than give him your roast beef. <laughs> I, I just said, I, I wanted to say, I go to the butcher and I get the big giant neck bones, you know, they're like an inch thick and they got the marrow in and, and they cut them in these, well, they don't even cut them, it's part of the vertebrae. And I give my dog like one a week and he doesn't actually chew it, he just licks the marrow out. Oh, that That's can't all he be does. Good. That can't be good, Dr. Debbie. What's wrong with that? You know What's what? wrong with that? Well, the problem is a couple things. One is that you know, some of the, the, this is a bone. This is a meat product. So there is the potential for bacterial contamination. So that's number one. The second thing is that there are dogs that will chew that. And I've had dogs where they've had yeah. the necks and they swallow those. So just because one dog has yeah. eaten it okay in your lifetime doesn't mean every other dog you're going to have. And that's the problem I run into. People be like, oh, 20 years I've had dogs, never had a problem. Well, you know what? This one, now we have a dog that needs exploratory surgery or it's it, it's dying. So, you know, I've seen the bad stuff. So I just, I would avoid it. I totally would. So they're all different. All dogs are different. You got to watch. What do you think about oh. that, Jay? No, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it is something that I watch my dogs. I'm just concerned. You know, it's, it's like my kid. Well, it is my kid. But my <laughs> whole thing is, you know, I saw her chewing on one of these smoke bones. It was breaking up in pieces. I said, that's it. The larger mm-hmm. marrow bones I get from, you know, the, the butcher, you know, she doesn't really have any issues with them. But, you know, I'm trying to give the dog something. So if I'm playing guitar or something, I don't have to watch 24-7. And she can be within my distance. So, mm-hmm. you know, my whole thing is I know they make those Nyla bones and stuff like that. But, you know, there's so many products out there that I'm trying to give her something healthy, but something that she can chew on for, you know, on and off. Hey, hey Dr. Deb, what about, you know, those straight, they're like straight rawhide bones. They're not uh, they're not flared at the end with the bumps. And what I do is I, I pry it open a little bit and I'll put a couple of hot dog pieces in there and then he eats that. Yeah, and you know, if it's that kind of rolled rawhide, they just don't hold yeah. up very long. So for me, yeah, the potential for them getting sloppy and wet and, and getting larger pieces of that, it, it, you run into more of that. And that's just why I personally prefer the compressed uh, products because it really does it it takes so a lot of chew time so and that can really entertain them yeah compressed rawhide yeah that's the best yeah. thing. Rawhide. jay we got to take a quick break i know you had another question so hang tight for one second toll free it's 1-866-405-8405 you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now at 1-866-405-8405 Animal Radio is brought to you by Natural Balance Pet Food, the finest food you can buy for the health of your pet. No matter which line of Natural Balance Pet Food you choose, you know it will truly be the food for a lifetime. Visit www.naturalbalance.net to learn more. Hi, I'm Dick Van Patten. And I'm Jimmy Van Patten. And we're here to talk to you about our new line of alpha grain-free dog and cat formulas. And we've been the leaders in grain-free nutrition with our LID formulas before grain-free became a trend. Our new grain-free alpha formulas combine multiple high-quality proteins at balanced levels with unique fruits and vegetables for vitamins and antioxidants. For more information on alpha and all of my dog and cat food formulas, visit naturalbalanceinc.com. For dogs, like people, arthritis is the most common health problem, and joints are stressed even more with increased activity in summer. FlexRx is a new way to safely and effectively treat canine joint health problems. All-natural FlexRx doesn't mask symptoms like other products. It's clinically proven to restore healthy joint function. With FlexRx, your dogs can enjoy an improved quality of life they've earned and deserve. FlexRx is available at Pet Supplies Plus or visit ProLabsPets.com. When you do your taxes with TurboTax, it checks your answers as you go. Then it double checks, then checks again. 
It checks like a hockey player playing checkers in the Czech Republic. Bring your umbrella, because it's rain-checking outside. And when it checks that many times, you can be confident you're doing it right, because it's checked. And you know you're getting the biggest refund you deserve, because it checked that. And then your taxes are done. Checkmate. Intuit TurboTax. It's amazing what you're capable of. In 1949, Scooter hopped on the horn and called up Geico to save himself some cashola. In 1986, Clarissa gagged on a spoon when her insurance bill was way high. So she switched over to Geico and was like way amped with her savings. OMG. In 2010, Sienna's parents got their savings on with Geico right after her toad's awesome sweet 16. That's nothing to LOL about. Over the past 75 years, the expressions have changed, but one thing hasn't. Saving money with Geico. Hi, this is Fred Willard on Animal Radio. And I'm, I'm begging you. Stay and neuter your animals. I'm sitting up and begging. I'll, play, I'll go over and play dead if you want. I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. It's Animal Radio toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. We're wrapping up with Jay. What was your second question? My, my other question is, you know, I have one of those collars that snap together. You know, she's only 28 pounds. She's a mini. She's not going to get big. But my whole thing was, you know, is is that something that uh, you guys uh, suggest or the one that's kind of like a belt buckle, you know, that, that's on there permanently? Well, I mean, we're not talking about breakaway collars because dogs, we really don't put breakaway collars on. Cats have the kind that has just maybe like a little piece of um, elastic that attaches the two ends of it. And so if they get caught under a couch or under furniture, it will break away naturally. For a dog, there really isn't, we don't really do breakaway collars on them. So whether it is the plastic snap fitting um, or the kind that you loop through like a belt, they're both basically going to effectively be the same on the dog. So for me, I most important thing I look for is a, a good fitting collar. So for me, it's a matter of preference, pre- preference of what works for the pet's hair coat and for their comfort. So whether it's a nylon collar or with a golden doodle, you got a little extra fur. So sometimes I'll look at the rolled leather collar because it doesn't get into the fur and tangled up quite as much. Um, so so that, that's really more the point with that. But you don't want it loose. You don't want to hope that a collar is going to break away. You want to make sure it's a snug enough fitting that you're not going to have it snag on objects in the house. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does, okay. and, and I appreciate it. I was just concerned because I saw a reflective um, collar, and it said this is a collar that you cannot, and it had the, the plastic snap together, and it said this is something that you cannot hook your dog to outside. And, that, and that's why I asked the question. Oh, okay. Well, I, I would never recommend tethering a dog outside. <laughs> that's, that, that's definitely not something I would recommend. Um, but as far as durability, you know, I think maybe with the plastic fittings, that might be a little bit more in question if you're worried about a dog pulling really, um, you know, with a lot of force. Before you go, where, where do you keep the roast beef? <laughs> well, you know, here's the deal is uh, I do get ends for the dog, the leftover ends, but, you know, if I forget and the dog's there. And gotcha. I usually hey, can I ask- stuff it full of cheese and roast beef and a con, throw Holy it in the cow. crate, and then I'm... Then I'm out the door. You know what I mean. Hey, what do you what do you uh, what do you want the collar to do exactly? What is it you want your collar to do that you put on your dog? What's it for? Just for you know decoration or to take him for a walk or? No, I, I have it for a walk. I have all the the uh, you know the the 
Brady shots and all that stuff that's on the collar. I saw a collar that was reflective with the name on it. And I said, you know, that that's something that I'm thinking about getting. But, you know, I, I, I this is leading me to another question. I put my dog in the front yard. I can't stand it. I have a huge backyard. It barks. wants to be out in the front where it can see people in a cul-de-sac. And I have it on something that's about, you know, six, six, eight feet. And I can see him, but I hook him onto this big thing that goes around the tree. Is that, you know. Well, they get tangled up, you know. They get they get tangled up sometimes, you know. That's the thing. I mean, they get you know they tangle themselves up. It gets wrapped around their legs. Gets wrapped around their neck. You know, that's what happens. That and there's also a sense of frustration that many dogs have from being tethered. And if we look at bite statistics, um, you know, and granted, a golden doodle is not a high offender in a biting category, but dogs that are tethered um, or tied up, um, actually, they can have a higher rate of biting um, because there is some frustration. They see things, they want to go, they're pulling, and then when they are faced with something entering their zone, um, they may be more apt to respond in a uh, aggressive or a protective way. We, we, you know, we don't see that quite as much as if they have the ability to move around and investigate things on their own well does your, does i appreciate it i what i do okay. is when i walk the dog and i come back she goes right over there and tree and sits there and like hey i'm not going in with you i'm not ready i just want to sit out here so, <laughs> so she likes it know. then so she's she she's doing neighborhood here. watch for you that's what she's doing <laughs> it's all great information and uh, i decided to write a song called collar and bones uh, <laughs> great information for it you know Hey, thanks for listening today and calling 1-866-405-8405. I want some roast beef. Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewy's. Check out their brand new intro pack, the Chewy's Chicken Dinner, the Simply Venison Dinner, the Super Beef, the Duck Duck Goose, and the Phenomenal Phenomena. Phenomena. The Phenomenal Pheasant. All three ninety nine. dollars where Stella and Chewy's is sold. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Carrie Annie Nava from Dance with the Stars. Don't forget to stay and new to your animals, and you're listening to Animal Radio. What do you think about when you're driving? Music? Sports? We think about nice, big, fluffy piles of insulation, and filters, and motor suspension, and water projection, and things like that. We're Bosch, and we are the quietest dishwasher brand in the U.S., You could say we wrote the book on quiet. And the next chapter is flexibility. Nearly every Bosch dishwasher now features a third rack that holds silverware and whisks and tongs and spatulas and increases your loading area up to 30%. How did we do it? Well, as we said, we're Bosch. We think about things like that. Come see what we've invented for you. See the complete line of Bosch dishwashers at Sears or visit Sears.com slash Bosch quietest dishwasher brand in the U.S. based on an average of sound ratings on major brands' websites. Major brands defined as Trackline Top 10 Brands March 2013. 30% more loading area compared to a Bosch dishwasher with two racks. We've talked about Stella and Chewy's, family of freeze-dried and frozen dinners for dogs. Now we're pleased to share two new exotic dinner additions, Simply Venison and Absolutely Rabbit. Both are made with 90% single-source protein and enhanced with organic fruits and vegetables. Each are fortified with vitamins, minerals, and probiotics to be 100% complete and balanced. Stella and Chewy's, the official food of Ladybug, Animal Radio Studio Stunt Dog, only the good stuff. For more information, go to StellaandChewy's.com. 
Suffering from allergy congestion? On my nature walks, I couldn't smell the flowers or breathe in the fresh spring air. Then I discovered Allegra D. Allegra D decongests and depressurizes with a fast, non-drowsy antihistamine, plus a powerful decongestant for 24 hours of congestion-free breathing. Now I don't just appreciate nature. I breathe it all in. Allegra D. Stop suffering. Start breathing. Look for Allegra D at the pharmacy counter. Starts working in one hour. Use only as directed. Visit Allegra.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. So how much do you spend on your pet? Turns out spending on pets is at an all-time high here in the U.S. The American Pet Products Association reports we're shelling out, get ready, Nearly 60 billion bucks a year. Yeah, billion with a B. Wow. 60 billion bucks a year on our animals. We're buying special food for them to eat, purified water for them to drink, and of course we want them all to be comfortable so they have their own beds. Heck, a couple of mine even have heating pads. And the association is also saying that empty nesters, meaning us baby boomers, are now spending more on our four-legged children than our two-legged ones that are gone now. (laughs) Okay, now, part of that money is likely going to be wearable devices to track, get this, biometric activities. You can now get a wearable pet tracker for your dog or your cat. Keep tabs on just about everything from how much exercise they get by running around to others that can actually monitor heart and respiratory rates and send them to an app on your smartphone in case you have to keep track of that with an animal with some kind of a, an illness or, or such. Webcam programs are also now coming out with ways to not just keep an eye on your pet when you're not home, this is cool, to communicate and play games with them wow. over this app, right? To help break up their day so they don't miss you so darn much. I think that's cute. Yeah. Now, if you don't scoop after your pooch, the poop might end up giving you away. Advances in forensic science have now created a worldwide effort to catch up with the folks who don't clean up after their dogs. Many apartment owners are now actually requiring in their leases that dogs of tenants submit to DNA testing. And there is actually a company doing this dirty work. It's called Poo Prints. And it even offers special leak-proof containers and spatulas to make the job easier. And what happens here is a thumbnail-sized sample of the suspect poop is sent to the lab, and they do their testing, and it leads right back to the dog and the owner. But the company actually says knowing that a person's dog's poop might tell the tale makes most owners think twice about looking the other way after the dog does their business. And while we are on the topic of poop... Might as well stay there. Scientists at the Czech University of Life Sciences think they have figured out why dogs spin in circles before they go. They say dogs are sensitive to the Earth's magnetism and that they prefer to do their duty with their bodies aligned along a north-south axis. Now they just have to figure out why. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. 
Doctors Foster and Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian owned with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster and Smith has thousands of name brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. The flooring experts at Lumber Liquidators have over 8 million square feet of top-quality flooring that must be cleared out by end of quarter, March 31st. They've got their lowest price ever on hand-scraped bamboo for just $189 a square foot and three-quarter inch pre-finished hickory for an unheard of $259 a square foot. Get free samples at your local store, plus 20 22-month special financing is available. So go to LumberLiquidators.com now to find the store nearest you. Hurry, everything must go by Monday, March 31st. Really? No way. Hey, I'm Eric from Sam Adams. Here to get craft beer drinkers' reaction as they secretly taste Sam Adams' Boston Lager. It's got a good body. It's got a great taste. It's very smooth. I, I like that. You think you've had this beer before? No. This is Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Sam Adams! <laughs> I was going to yes. say Sam Adams. That's easy to drink. It's tasty. It's a very flavorful, drinkable beer. Smooth but it does have flavor. I love a Boston Lager. What this tested is it put Sam Adams back on the map for me. It's Animal Radio, and we are still reeling from the news stories. Great news, Tammy. Do you know how mad that you'd have to be to um, get somebody's poop and send it in to find out who, who the culprit is? That's that would. I mean, would you waste your time? Well, I know some apartment complexes are doing that because they have problems with it, yeah. Yeah, it's a but I wouldn't problem. want to lease a place that said I had to have my dog DNA tested for this poop chasing. See, I would because then I know when would I you? go outside, I'm not going to step in poop because it's going to be clean. And of course, you've been checking lately to make sure that your dog, Ladybug, is pooping north and south. Yes, and, and she <laughs> does her spins. I she watch does her, her spins. spins. Yeah. See, see now we know why. Does she spin clockwise or counterclockwise? I think uh, I she think spins north of the equator. She counterclockwise, counterclockwise and then south, south of the equator, is, it's, it's, it's clockwise. Okay. Yeah, just okay. like the toilet. Right. Water. Right. Got it. <laughs> just, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Hello, Henrietta. How are you doing? Okay. Where are you calling from today? Uh. It's around uh, Sorosville, Pennsylvania. What's going on with your animal? I have the doctor, the behaviorist here. Well, the one cat, she's about three years old. She like she goes in the litter box and she keeps scratching and scratching, and she has it all scratched out a lot of the times. I just have clean it up all the time, and it, it she go she don't go anywhere else. She goes in the litter box, but she just keeps scratching it out. Okay. What kind of litter uh, do you use? Well, we use a kit kind from Walmart. It's uh, I think it was Arm and Hammer or Extra something. Okay. Is it kind of a clay type litter or more like the sand? It's more like the sand. Okay. All right. And so she's using the box then. So she's not like having accidents in the wrong places. She's using it. She's just kind of uh, building sandcastles, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she, well, it's right near the, our hutch, and she scratches everything. She scratches on the hutch and everything when okay. she's been there sometimes. Well, what you have is a kitty who is doing a completely normal behavior just to an excess. And I do find that some kitties just, they delight in, um, well, most cats delight in a really fine kind of green um, litter. That's what they like. They really enjoy it. It's the, the most successful for them to use. But there are those kitties that just adore it so much that it becomes just a lot of fun so that they will actually just kind of evacuate the box or, or build these sandcastles up along the corners, along the side of their litter pan. Yeah, the one, so, part, the one part is, is just about all the litter is scratched to the one side. Yeah. So my, my recommendations, you can do a couple things. Now, this is a good, healthy thing. We want a cat to enjoy the litter. So your cat really likes it. So that's a good thing. And most cats that dig and scratch for more than four seconds before they use a litter box, that's a good thing. They're the kind of kitties that aren't likely to have a litter box problems. The ones that barely scratch before they go are going to be the kind that we worry that may develop an elimination problem later. So, um, a couple things you can do. One, I hate lids. I absolutely hate them. Cats hate them. So, before you try to put a cover on a litter box, think about what a cat likes and what you like. Do you like to sit in those little porta potties and have that little closed cabin around you and have to go in that situation? Cats don't like it either. So, yeah. get the lids off. The thing you can do to deal with a cat that likes to build these sandcastles is to get higher-sided litter pans. And they don't have to necessarily be sold as litter pans. You can actually look and get more of those plastic storage boxes that have a higher side on them. Um, so that's one one way you can help manage that. Um, the other would be to try a little different type litter that has less of that fine grain to it and a little bit more of um, a, a coarser granule or coarser type of litter. That may help take down a little bit of that uh, enthusiasm for digging and scratching. Um, so th- those would be some things that I would certainly try. And then just, you know, make sure that everything else in that litter box area is good, that she likes it and she's got room. Because if she doesn't feel like she can get around really well, she might turn to, um, you know, scratching a little bit more than if she can turn around effectively and uh, cover things in another direction. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like any with a lid either because I'm claustrophobic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then I, we have another cat. She likes plastic bags. So what do you do with a cat that likes to eat plastic bags? Oh, easy. Uh, put the plastic bags away. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, we yeah. Do, but. Yeah. There, there's, um, it is a, a special attraction that some cats have to lick them, to chew them. Um, so there's not anything that I'm going to say you're going to put on them. It just doesn't work. Um, so for cats, they just... They enjoy it. They like it. So the best thing I suggest is to keep those out of um, out of their access. Um, yeah. Because well, yeah, she likes to play in boxes too. She sits in a box and plays around in it. Yep. So I you have a, a cat. Picture of it. Oh sure. <laughs> in in some substitutions, you know, a lot of places use the the uh, paper bags now for grocery stores. Um, so not only is it eco friendly, but a lot of kitties will like to play in those. Um, it gives them that sense of hiding. And you know, if they chew on it, I really don't worry so much um, as when they chew on the plastics and they ingest that in in, in pieces. So um, you know, maybe see if you can go eco friendly on the uh, <laughs> on the grocery store bags. That might be a good solution too. Yeah. Okay. Henrietta, good luck with your. 
New Cat there. We appreciate your call at 1-866-405-8405. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Alan Cable. Have you heard about Doga? Good boy. It's a new yoga class for you and your dog. Robin's a dog trainer in New Jersey. Her friend Karen, a yoga instructor. I knew that I enjoyed it, and when Robin and I were practicing with our own dogs together, we noticed the benefits in our own dogs. It's pretty interesting, a yoga class you can take with your dog. It's been wonderful. It might work for some dogs. Others like to chase things and run around. The most common behavioral problems I hear about are jumping, excessive barking, chewing, going to the bathroom in the house, attention-seeking all the time, and hyperactivity. Most of the time, it's because folks don't understand their dogs. Dogs are always looking for your attention. Positive attention, negative attention, they don't care. Take the dog that goes ballistic whenever somebody walks by the window. Or he sees a bird or a car. A leave. His own nose in the reflection. What do most people do when that happens? Well, they react to it, of course. They start having a conversation, or sometimes they get angry and start yelling. But what they're really doing is giving their dog attention. They're teaching the dog that every time he barks at the window, he's going to get attention. So he keeps doing it. Another big concern for people is hyperactivity. Dogs are like marathon runners. They're athletes. Dogs need to get their energy out. They're meant to run and jump, wrestle around. It's how they release energy. It's their nature. They have to do it. And if they don't have a way to do it, well, you're going to have trouble. A tired dog is a happy, calm, relaxed dog. And a tired dog is also a calm dog owner. Your dog needs daily exercise, structure, which means rules, and a very important element is attention, when and how you give it. Here's another example. Let's say your dog is outside in the yard barking at somebody walking past the fence. You start going kooky yelling at him, telling him to stop. Because dogs are pack animals, it's most likely he thinks you're actually joining in. You're barking and yelling at the person walking by on the other side of the fence, too. Living with a dog is like living with another person. You've got to learn to understand them, what their behavior says and what it means, and the proper way to respond to it. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. I'm proud to thank Litter Robot, our underwriter for this hour of Animal Radio. And this week, I actually got myself one of these Litter Robots. Very cool device. I'm training my cat to use it. Uh, the cat loves it. Goes in there, and as soon as it's done, seven minutes after it's done, the litter robot automatically rotates. I know, it's and so it cool just to watch. the waist, yeah. We'll actually sit around watching it actually do this, because <laughs> it's very entertaining. It has a, like this patented litter sifting process, which gently separates the waste clumps from the litter, and it, it puts the poop in a plastic bag. Yeah, but I like it. It just doesn't have to... It can be any plastic bag. And you Same can use, yes, your own clumping litter. You don't have to go out and buy a specific brand. You can use what your cat is already using. Mm. And get this, you will save 50% on cat litter. That's how well it sifts. It's made in the USA with a 90-day money-back guarantee, 18-month full warranty. Check them out at litter-robot.com. Hey, Animal Radio, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal, coming at you. Uh, I could get in trouble on this one, um, because I know you're all animal lovers, and you don't draw the thin lines. That maybe I do. There are some animals I find a bit more difficult to love than others. Uh, so if you want to come and get me, you know, always feel free. Vinny at AnimalRadio.com. This particular subject, I may have even covered it loosely before, but I'm going to get a little bit more intricate right now, has to do with roadkill. Now, I know we're in the middle, uh, the economy is, is tanking. I mean, we're as close to the Great Depression as we've been since the Great Depression. Uh, and I know there are layoffs aplenty. 
city workers would have golden handshakes. But the length of time roadkill is hanging around in my area is obscene these days. I mean, you're running over the same squirrels and possum and uh, possi. Is that the plural of possum? I'm not really sure. And raccoons. It's really all quite disgusting. And it's going on day to day to day to day to day. And maybe there's been so many layoffs they just can't get to it. But I say if it's a cat or a dog... Or even if you get to the point of a deer, that should be um, a priority. That one should go out priority. And and I don't want to be dismissive of the possum or the possi. And and that's why I think some of you might get mad at me. But, I mean, these nocturnal creatures that are these squirrels. I mean, you do see a lot of that. The dog or the cat. That's a priority, particularly anything with a collar around its neck. I don't want to be bleeding hard here, but I mean it. A dog should be picked up within a half an hour tops of uh, of being reported in. I don't want to drive by that repeatedly uh, with the, the these guys. What what else is their job? They're, and I, and I don't even know what their job title is. Roadkill inspector. I mean, it sounds like a movie for, uh, for the Gitter Dunn guy. All I know is, you, you know, <laughs> I got to come right out and say it. And, uh, possum. All right, you, you know, I, I can see it coming up. Yeah, we got a possum down on Main Street. Dead possum on Main Street. It's Monday morning. Over. Yeah, I'm not really going to be able to get to that. Maybe until tomorrow or the next day. That's fine. As I said, it's a possum. You can take that day or two. All right, fine. But if you get... We got a dog on Main Street. That's priority. Over. I want to hear that SOB come back. I'm on my way. Vinny Pet, party animal on Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Matthew Harris, a researcher at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, has discovered chickens with something extra. Teeth! Lots of teeth! Some scientists believe that ancient genetic DNA tendencies can resurface after being dormant for years. Tooth growth in birds has been researched, debated, and often ridiculed for 200 years. Harris and his partner were researching a mutant strain of chickens who rarely survive when they discovered the teeth, which look a lot like baby teeth and alligators, which happen to be birds' closest living relative. Why these particular chickens develop teeth is unknown, but Harris says it's like finding gold in a bathroom. Or finding teeth in a chicken, I guess. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio has been underwritten by Litter Robot, which automatically cleans the cat litter for you. You don't need any special supplies or plumbing, just your favorite clumpy litter and never scoop dirty litter again. It's available at litter-robot.com. Is that like the Jetsons, you know, the, the robot comes out with the, with the cleaning pan and, you know, 
sweeps the kitty litter in. Rosie. Just never Rosie. Yes, Rosie. That's right. It's Rosie, yeah. Uh, let's hit the phones with Dr. Debbie right now. We have, is it Paul? Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm pretty good. Where are you today? Um, uh, going through Maryland right now. Okay. I have Dr. Debbie here. She can help you. Uh, I got a stupid question for you. A stupid um, question? <laughs> I've, got, I've got seven dogs and two cats. Um, three of the dogs, they eat the cat food from time to time. Okay. I switched out their litter to that Breeze uh, cat litter system, and one of them got really sick. We figured it was because of old age. Another one got sick. He's a Dotson. Figured it was his back. And the last one we just about lost him, just about killed him. So we went back to the cat litter. Mm-hmm. What can we do to keep the dogs from eating the poop? Okay, so your your dogs are eating the cat's poop in the litter box, and are you making the assumption that that was leading to their sickness? Well, I, I think it was the breeze cat litter system, the little white pellet thing. I think okay. that is what got them sick. So we went back mm. to the uh, original cat litter that we had before, and they're still eating it, and they haven't gotten sick yet. But okay. you know, it's the fact that they're still eating the food that's kind of gross. Sure, sure. And in the litter system you're talking about is the Breeze one. I believe it's made by Purina, I want to say. Um, and it's supposedly a non-toxic kind of pellet where the waste, um, the liquid waste kind of falls through. And we say it's non-toxic, but just like any other non-toxic things, crayons are non-toxic. But if a child were to eat a box of them, it would make them sick. And it's, it's potent, there's always the potential with something like the pelleted systems that if a dog is ingesting them and they eat enough of them, it could give them a belly ache. Now, I'm not sure about the the bigger illnesses you're describing in there, but but uh, certainly, you know, I'd have to say any dog that's eaten poop. And in your situation, where we have dogs eating cat litter poop. Um, I kind of technically call that the almond roca munchers um, because of the typical look to that. So the challenge is when we have dogs eating cat poop, we have to remember that it's very hard to stop that behavior if they have physical access. So the number one thing we do is we work on physical barriers to prevent that. It is a rewarding behavior. There's something delectable about cat poop, and dogs will love it. They will remember it, and they will seek it out. And the stinkier, the better. So your real challenge is going to be physical barriers. And and I think that's kind of the, the honest truth here is there's no magic thing to feed to your cats to make the dogs not eat their poop. Um, there's a will, there's a way, and they will get to it. So one of the best techniques that I've found for people who have multiple dogs and multiple cats is to actually get a kind of semi-large pet carrier where you can have a door access small enough for the cat and hopefully small enough that the dogs can't get through there. And that's one way to keep that kind of behind a physical barrier so that the doggies can't get in there. Um, and there's other ways you can do this, elevating cat bowls, I'm sorry, cat litter pans up on um, elevations uh, so that the dogs can't get in there as readily or even just not see it because seeing it is just a temptation that they just can't pass up. Um, yeah. But there are also some citronella collars that you can use in a system to try to keep the dogs away from the barrier where the litter pan is. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge. So if you've got that many critters, I'm assuming you've got a, a large area of land or home where they're all running around, huh? Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we've got about a yard, uh, not a yard, but uh, about a half an acre 
and we put the, the dogs on the uh, visible fence uh, system, and they seem okay. to love that. But yeah, they they go out and they run and play and everything else. But it, it's just the cat food that just kind of hurts me. Yeah, and it's hard because they come up to you and they they want to give you that kiss, and you can just see that little clump of litter hanging off oh, their lip, and uh, yeah, it's it's hard to love that. <laughs> but really, so in all in since all sincerity here, Paul, it, it really is going to come down to the physical ways to to keep your dogs away from that litter. I've also used uh, kind of a privacy screens, so taking cardboard and cutting interesting shapes so that it hides the visual um, appearance of the litter box and kind of lets the dogs kind of forget about it. A little bit so all of these different things are what you're going to have on your hands to tackle that problem good luck with that paul one 405 if you need a follow-up please feel free to give us a call back we want to solve that problem or help you solve that problem and don't forget to check out dr debbie's books yorkshire terriers shih tzus pugs mini schnauzers how to be your dog's best friend and alan do you have a book coming out yet yeah, I do. I, uh, it's uh, going to be about one page long. It's got all my thoughts, and uh, I've got I've already got like a quarter page filled up. Wow, <laughs> very cool. That's, what are you going to title yeah, it? Is a ghost I'm never going to write a book. You know what? I like to help people in person, and uh, you know I'm not interested in writing a book. I mean, I I just get such great joy and satisfaction out of you know watching the light bulb come on in someone's head when they're having trouble with their dog and he's pulling them around the park on the leash and their arm socket is loose from it and they're frustrated and you know I, I love to help people i really do when they when they come along and they really want help it's wonderful to help someone get along better with their dog and understand their dog better i love that so in other words you can't write <laughs> yeah. it's illiterate <laughs> Dude, i don't know. you got it <laughs> I don't know. If I was going to write a book, it would be like a, I'd have like a little instructional video of how to teach them to walk on a leash properly and how to teach them structure when they're puppies and the little steps that you take to let them know what the rules are and make them calm and well-adjusted. You know, dog, dogs are so happy when they know what to expect. They really are. And, you know, they're always happy to see you. I mean, that's the magic of dog right there. They're just always happy to be there for you, and they never lie to you. They never steal from you. They don't have any ulterior wait, wait, motives. Wait, wait. They never steal from you. Oh, they never steal that. from you, <laughs> unless it's roast beef. Yeah. yeah, unless it's roast beef. Yeah, I'd love it because I can go somewhere. I can be gone for five hours. My dog is so happy to see me. Or I could walk out and grab the newspaper and come back in, and she's happy to see me. Yeah, unconditional yeah. love. That's yeah. what it's all about. They're always happy to see you. Yeah, I'm happy to see you, Alan. <laughs> uh, no, it's not the same, Hal. I mean, you know, you know, you've got motives and human stuff going on. You know, like if I don't react properly to one of your your stuff, well, I didn't expect that reaction. Dog will never do that. that. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, dog trainer Alan Cable, groomer Joy Villani, communicator Joy Turner, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie is here. Alan Cable, dog father Joey Volani, and our news director Tammy Trujillo. This is uh, this is your third week. You've come back for three it weeks. Is. This is a good sign. Is that a record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to meet, bring it up anymore. Now we think she's going to stay. She's going to stay on. Yeah, board. I think I'll drop by. Yeah. Very cool. She gets a title. She she has a title. I want to title. She's a director. I want to be a director. <laughs> No, okay, you don't. You be, we'll make you a director or something. Yes. What so director of directors. There you go. Ah. That is Ooh. perfect for him. How would you that's, like to be director of directors? 
Yeah, I want that's a good title. I want a title that nobody understands. Perfect. <laughs> it works. Jamie, what are you working on today? Well, you know what? You know how you love your dog so darn much. It turns out you and your dog have a lot more in common than you ever thought you did. Your brains are alike. Hmm. Yep. Yep. I your dog's it. brain and your brain are alike. Uh, that's what that's my right. wife's been telling yeah. me. Too. <laughs> you do. She too. do. I, I got to tell you, man, I'm not, I'm off balance because I just spent the night with nine, tw- ten, twelve-year-olds, and uh, my brain is scrambled. Yeah. <laughs> and he means that in a good way. He's like, "What are you, a camp leader or something like that?" No, my dang daughter had her birthday party over here, and she's like, "Oh, dad, don't worry, girls aren't crazy like boys." And I mean, two thirty in the morning, and they're still hooping and hollering up there, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, they're never gonna go to bed. They're insane. They were insane." <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Alan Capel, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Marge. Hey, Marge. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, well, right now I'm in Oklahoma. You truck driver? Yes. Okay. I have a uh, English Mastiff. She's eight months old, and I had her in uh, a training for a while to be able to walk without dragging me across the street and to come on a halt command. She does real good at halt uh, command at home. Like if she's in the backyard and I yell halt, she comes right to me. But when I stop on the road, like I always try to stop where there's an open field where I can let her run. She doesn't come on the halt command when I when I tell her. And I use treats like when she starts coming to me. Finally, I tell her come, and then I give her a treat. But it seems like she just ignores me uh, when I'm yelling halt for her to come to me. Well, you know, that's she's eight months old, and what you said is real interesting, that you use treats, because that's a good technique. But just so you know, until your dog is able to come to you whenever you call, you probably shouldn't let her off leash in strange places. That's probably something you shouldn't do. And the way to train your dog to come to you, it's a good technique with treats. When she's really into treats, you have a leash on her, and you just sort of stand there and let the leash out and tell her to come. And when she comes, you give her a treat. And you do it over and over and over again, and then you stop giving her treats, but you give her affection. One thing you don't want to do, a lot of people do that I see, they make they make a terrible mistake. They get really frustrated frustrated when their dog doesn't come and then when their dog finally does come they they punish the dog so if you're doing that you're sending the dog a message good for you girl because you don't want to do that now the reason why your dog doesn't come when you're in a strange place and you let her go in a field is because there's way more interesting things than you in that field that she's distracted by and if there's more fun uh, away from you than there is with you, she's going to go to where the fun is, especially at eight months old. She's going to want to explore, and she's going to want to go kooky, and she is not going to pay any attention to you until she learns to respect you and look at you as a leader, and that takes time and patience and consistency, and I would not let her off a leash if I were you unless it's a fenced place because she is not going to pay attention to you for a while. You've got to work with her extensively, and, and as I told one caller, remember, you may train your dog 15 20 minutes a day but your dog is watching you another 23 hours and 45 minutes a day and whatever you're doing you're teaching your dog whether you're a leader or you're not so you've got to act like a leader and check yourself before you wreck yourself constantly when you're with a dog you got to think about what you're doing and how you're acting act like a leader and your dog will treat you like a leader but remember you've got to work with your dog every day on this exercise until she learns to come to you every single time you call because if not what happens is one day your dog gets hit by a car well that's why i always go in a big open field where we're not by anything 
Okay, I, I just felt bad because she doesn't get a you know a whole lot of exercise in the week. Well, there you go. There, uh, there you go. I, That's I, the number one, the number one cardinal rule of teaching a dog that you're a leader is you can't feel bad. Okay, oh, if you feel okay. bad, you've instantly lost. When you feel bad inside, you are not a leader. You're not treating your dog like a leader. You're not being a leader. What you're doing is you're, you're having a human emotion of guilt. And when you feel guilty, you cannot be an effective leader of a dog. You can't okay. do it. Okay. okay. I, I, I listened to you guys. I just found you guys uh, a couple weeks ago, so I've been listening to it. I just uh, thought uh, maybe I'm just uh, um, expecting too much too soon. Well, you are, girlfriend. She's only eight months old. You can get one of those 50-foot retractable leashes, too, and you can let her go and pay no attention to you, you know, and let her do her thing. And then you call her. You say, come. And if she doesn't pay attention to you, give a little jolt. Give a little, give a little tug of the leash. Come. Okay. Give a little jolt. Okay. Only do it twice, though. If she doesn't listen, retract the leash, bring it in, stop talking, stand there. And when she starts paying attention to you, you look at her and go, good dog. Then, then do it over and over and over and over and over again. Never stop until she learns to stop what she's doing. You know, I have a dog. He could be chasing a bunny, and I'll go, hey, stop. And he stops in his tracks and wow. comes to me. But that, know, that, takes, I'm sorry. that takes months and months and months of work. Okay. All right. That's probably what I needed to hear. I do have one question. On these English mastiffs, are they good uh, dogs for... Um, are they stubborn or are they, you know, like I know, like I used to have a sharp pay and I couldn't do anything with that sharp pay. But uh, these English mastiffs, are they uh, good dogs? Uh, you know, the only training? dogs that I've ever, the, the only dogs that, you know, you really, it's hard to train them to do stuff. It's not that they're stubborn, it's just because of the way they are, their breed. You know, are chow dogs and also huskies and malamutes, they're kind of aloof you know they're they're kind of hard to train they don't act like your normal dog they kind of act like cats so they're a little bit different and you have to treat them differently they're they're powerful dogs and you know they're bred to pull sleds and chow dogs i guess at one time guarded palaces and so they're very independent but i i don't really have much experience with an english mastiff although a lot of people are getting those dogs now I would just assume Dr. Debbie probably know more than me that, you know, pretty much they're like any other dog and you've just got to be their leader. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys talking to me and uh, I'm not giving up on her, that's for sure. Don't give up on her, but stop feeling guilty. That's a human emotion. Dogs don't feel guilt. You shouldn't either. Okay. I won't. Uh, I'll get a longer leash. I have a walking leash and then I have one of those leashes. The ones that uh, she can uh, retract out, but I don't think it's 50 feet, so I'll get one of those. Good luck to you, Marge. Thanks for listening to Animal Radio, Marge. Tell a friend about it, if you will. 1-866-405-8405. That is toll-free to the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable. Dog father Joey Volani. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. When you do your taxes with TurboTax, it checks your answers as you go. Then it double checks, then checks again. It checks like a hockey player playing checkers in the Czech Republic. Bring your umbrella because it's rain checking outside. And when it checks that many times, you can be confident you're doing it right because it's checked and you know you're getting the biggest refund you deserve because it checked that and then your taxes are done. Checkmate, Intuit TurboTax. 
It's amazing what you're capable of. What dog food is specifically designed to reduce the risk of cancer, settle digestive upsets, reduce scratching and shedding? Canine caviar. What dog food reduces red tear stains and hot spots? Canine caviar. What dog food has probiotics that reduce the chance of soft stools and have a higher calorie count for better nutrient absorption? Canine caviar. So what are you feeding your dog? If you didn't answer Canine Caviar, visit CanineCaviar.com today and get your pet started on a longer, healthier life. Fido Friendly is the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each issue includes hotel and destination reviews along with health and wellness topics, dog training tips, and the latest fashion trends. Pick up a copy at Barnes & Noble, Hastings, or go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Fido Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel and lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. The flooring experts at Lumber Liquidators have over 8 million square feet of top quality flooring that must be cleared out by end of quarter March 31st. They've got their lowest price ever on hand-scraped bamboo for just $189 a square foot and three-quarter inch pre-finished hickory for an unheard of $259 a square foot. Get free samples at your local store, plus 22-month special financing is available. So go to LumberLiquidators.com now to find the store nearest you. Hurry, everything must go by Monday, March 31st. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band, and forever you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. one 405 to connect with the Dream Team here at Animal Radio, all in a giddy mood. You can tell spring is on the way here, at least in Central California. Dr. Debbie is here. Alan Cable. Dog father, Joey Volani. Hi, Sharon. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you today? I'm in Taylorsville, Kentucky. Kentucky. I love Kentucky. <laughs> Beautiful country. Sharon, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Well, hi, hi How can I help you? Well, I have a standard poodle, and he's 12 years old, and he's losing his hair. He's lost most of the hair on top of his head and most of it on his ears. It's on, lost it on his tail, and mm-hmm. now he's starting to lose it on his um, under his stomach and up his sides. Okay, is he scratchy? Well, he's he licks a lot on his stomach now, where it's starting to come off. Um, it's, okay, he likes it. It is it is scratchy. It has a on top of it has it has kind of a scale under it. Okay, but I can take his hair and pull it right out of his head. Ew. And I've had okay. him to the vet, and they've done cultures on him, but they can't seem to find out what you know what's the problem. They give me a spray medication to put on him to rub in called D-O-U-X-O. Okay, yeah. But that's not helping either. Okay. All righty. And uh, I'm assuming, well, anytime I get kind of a hair loss or scabbing or crusting, I'm all about getting into the nitty-gritty of the skin. So I would definitely make sure that we've had some sampling from the skin, checking out for things like skin parasites. You mentioned yeah, they did they a culture. Did they, did, they did that when they did the culture, honey. Good, good. So if all that's done and we don't find anything, the one thing that really makes me think of is in a standard poodle with scaly skin, the number one thing I think of is a disease called sebaceous adenitis. Um, it's a disease that we see 
very commonly in standard poodles um, and then some other breeds as well. Um, but it's that type of a keratin disorder that we see where they can have crusting, they can actually get infections, kind of a greasy smell sometimes, and this is a chronic problem. So if they've eliminated a lot of the more common things and you've not seen a, a response with routine therapy, I'm going to say that the number one thing you can do is to get a skin biopsy done because oh, we can only presume if this condition is there unless we have an actual biopsy. Um, but that is a treatable condition. It's just it takes some special steps, special medications um, to help that. Um, but that would really, I'd be really inkling towards that diagnosis. Um, you know, if everything else has been eliminated, uh, some of the more routine things like allergies and bacterial infections and yeast infections and all of those type of things. So the biopsy is different from the culture that they did? It is, yeah. So generally... Yeah, so some of the things that they may have done already are sampling from the surface of the skin. In okay. a skin biopsy, we actually take, um, and a lot of times this can be done with a local anesthetic, so it doesn't require a general anesthesia. Um, but we take little small sections of, of the skin that go all the way through, and usually a couple little stitches, and you know, you can't really tell too much about that site when, when that's healing up. But, um, you know, give that three to ten days when we get the results back, and that might be really giving us some very good information information about things that we need to do for your baby. Um, but that, that really brings up, you know, and then if it doesn't say it's that disease, uh, the great thing about a skin biopsy is it could tell us, you know, this looks more like a hormonal disease. And that opens up a whole different avenue for your veterinarian to um, kind of direct their um, potential efforts towards. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, if you would have told me your dog was a, a Dalmatian, I'd probably have a different answer. But in, in a standard poodle, that is my number one thought. Okay, do you mind uh, giving me the name of what you think he has again so I can write it down? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I can't truly diagnose over the, in the radio. but We're, 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 we're working on the technology where you can just hold your animal right up to the speakers, but it's not perfected yet. <laughs> yes, well, I but, just like but, to tell him what you have a feeling it might be. Absolutely. Um, the disease is sebaceous, and that's spelled S-E-B-A-C-S-E-B. A-C-E-O-U-S, sebaceous. It basically means oil glands. And adenitis is spelled A-D-E-N-I-T-I-S. Okay. All right. Well, good luck with that. They had suggested I go to a um, dermatologist, but you think that I can just do this through my vet then? It's, yeah, if they feel comfortable with that and they say, hmm, yeah, maybe that's a thought. Um, but okay. yes, you can definitely see a dermatologist and, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, there's some things we can do in general practice and sometimes we definitely have to, we're scratching our heads and we might call on those specialists. But, you know, I talk to your veterinarian, see what their, uh, com- comfort level is on that and, uh, you know, and if you have to see the dermatologist, they are a great resource. Best of luck with you, Sharon. This is Dr. Debbie. We are sitting here waiting for your call at Animal Radio. Thank you. Yeah. one 405 to talk to any one of the Dream Team. Hey, Annette, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Virginia. Virginia? Where in Virginia? In um, Bristol. Bristol, Virginia. Okay. What are you doing there? Do you, do you live there? Yes. Is it beautiful? It is. What's going on with your dog? I understand you have a, a dog or a cat that needs the attention of Dr. Debbie. Oh, boy. I've got a, I've got a two-year-old poodle that's 
seems to get choked every time he drinks water. Okay. And is it only when he's drinking water? Yes. Okay. And did you say 10 years or two years? Two. Two. Okay. All righty. And is this something he's always done? Mm-hmm. He has. Okay. And then I'm assuming your vet's checked him out. There's nothing that they're saying is of any kind of heart concern or any other type of respiratory problem that they're dealing with on a long-term basis. Yeah, the only thing I've ever had him to the vet for is a displaced knee. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, and that's real common in these guys, too. So, you know, there are certainly some dogs that do uh, cough just limited to after they drink water. And, yeah. and it can be a function of some problems with sensation in the back of the throat or even some nerve control. For me, what I always tend to look at is what else is going on in this pet's um, life. Um, if we're having any problem where we're regurgitating or vomiting, then it's definitely higher on my list that we need to look into that medically. Um, because we can see problems with the esophagus where food or even water doesn't always necessarily get down to the stomach level and it, it kind of sits there in the esophagus. So that can be very serious and that's something that we can screen fairly easily with a chest x-ray if, if we're worried about that. So, you know, if, if I had your baby and, you know, we checked out everything and everything looked good and I, I really wasn't too worried that he had other issues, there are dogs that just kind of do this and we make some accommodations to um, help just to kind of decrease the incidence of that. And you can do all sorts of different things things. You know, we might do something as simple as elevating the water bowl. Um, and for some dogs, that will kind of help just the position of their neck and the swallow reflex when they're drinking. And uh, fairly easy to do just to get those little elevated uh, water feeders or water bowls. Well, it is the- slightly elevated in his kennel. He what? I'm sorry? It is slightly elevated in his kennel, his water bowl. Oh, Okay. Okay, because um, the, the other thing is like the little sipper bottles. Um, those for some dogs is if you can train them to the sipper bottle, that's one other way to get away from the dog that tends to either drink like crazy all of a sudden and, uh, you know, have this coughing. Um, so and just the way that they swallow when they're looking at it, the little sipper um, kind of tends to decrease the incidence of that. Um, but those might be some sim- simple things to try if your vet's ruled out anything else. And I've even had some folks where, you know, we'll just go to canned food or moistening the dry food to increase the water intake at other times so we don't have this happen as, as readily. Um, and for some dogs, usually more those with a swallowing difficulty where they're bringing up water and regurgitating that up, um, you can actually take uh, Nox gelatin and add that to like a beef broth or flavor some water with a little bit of uh, food. Uh, kind of pureed in there, and, and that's one way to kind of throw Jello blocks at them. You just don't want to, you know, confuse them with, uh, you know, Jello you might eat because you, you'll be very unhappy if you taste beef broth uh, Jello pieces. I, I can guarantee it doesn't taste good. Um, but but that's just another way you can kind of get around it. But you know, I would just try a couple simple environmental changes and see if that might help them with uh, with that. Okay. And which what's your little guy's name? Jello. Shadow. We'll give Shadow a, a little pat on the head. Um, my guy bo- boss says hello. He's part poodle, so he has a little bit of some of the traits, <laughs> some of the kind of the fancy dancing and, and, and the prisoners he has. So, uh-huh. Well, thank you for your call, Annette. And uh, this is Dr. Debbie. We're here at Animal Radio at 1 866 405 You got a fancy dancer, wow. huh? Yeah. I do. He's a fancy dancer. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
Hello, this is Loretta Swift, and I'm on Animal Radio. And please don't forget to spay and neuter. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A Long Island dad is in the doghouse after stealing a tiny chihuahua while on a daddy-daughter day excursion. 27-year-old Nicholas Savoya started by taking his toddler daughter to Chuck E. Cheese and then had what he described as a lapse in judgment when he went across the street to a pet shop and shoplifted a chihuahua worth $1,600, hiding the little pooch behind his daughter's body. He then repented and returned the two-pound dog with an anonymous tip, which sparked the interest of families who all wanted to buy Georgie the little photogenic puppy. Savoya, who is now pleading not guilty, was tracked down by surveillance cameras and was charged with grand larceny. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Get something started. That's the sound of a Kubota BX Series, America's top-selling subcompact tractor of the decade. And it's easy to see why. The BX is easy to own and easy to drive, with more for your money, like a Kubota diesel engine, standard power steering, and four-wheel drive. Make it yours with low-rate, long-term financing available now. Kubota BX Series, precisely engineered to help you get more done. Start something at Kubota.com. What do you think about when you're driving? Music? Sports? We think about nice, big, fluffy piles of insulation and filters and motor suspension and water projection and things like that. We're Bosch, and we are the quietest dishwasher brand in the U.S. You could say we wrote the book on quiet, and the next chapter is flexibility. Nearly every Bosch dishwasher now features a third rack that holds silverware and whisks and tongs and spatulas and increases your loading area up to 30%. How did we do it? Well, as we said, we're Bosch. We think about things like that. Come see what we've invented for you. See the complete line of Bosch dishwashers at Lowe's or visit Lowe's.com slash Bosch. Quietest dishwasher brand in the U.S. based on an average of sound ratings on major brands' websites. Major brands defined as Trackline Top 10 Brands, March 2013. 30% more loading area compared to a Bosch dishwasher with two racks. Hey, it's Guy Fieri. If there are good times going on and you're not part of them because of heartburn, get back in the game by rolling out the Rolaids. Don't let heartburn keep you from enjoying the things you love. Rolaids gets you back in the action fast. Its dual active formula neutralizes more acid than Tums. For acid indigestion, upset stomach, and heartburn, get rapid relief with Rolaids. R-O-L-A-I-D-S? Now that's how you spell relief. Use as directed. Acid neutralization may not correlate with symptom relief. Can we get him on the phone before he goes to jail? (laughs) (laughs) You know, did I tell you, Hal, that you are the one person alive that can chase Miley Cyrus's tongue back in her face? You're the one guy. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies with thousands of quality products at low prices every day so you save on every order. Visit fosterandsmith.com. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Anybody who has a dog knows that their dog pays attention and listens when they talk. It turns out dogs and human brains are actually pretty similar when it comes to communication and emotions. This is the very first study to ever compare brain functions between humans and a non-primate animal. 
Researchers at the Hungarian Academy of Sciences found that both dogs and humans evolved to listen for emotion when someone communicates with them. Now, you and I can tell when a person sounds happy, sad, or might be looking for some trouble. Turns out your dog can do the same. Cats, they have supervision, and now scientists have actually figured out the secret. Turns out cats can see ultraviolet light, and that's something we can't do. It might explain why cats kind of get obsessed with things like a sheet of paper. Paper, like a lot of items, contain man-made optical brighteners, and that means they absorb a lot more light, and that might make them stand out more in the way a cat sees them. And it turns out cats aren't the only animals that can see like this. In addition to cats, researchers say dogs, rodents, hedgehogs, bats, and ferrets can all detect substantial levels of UV. Wow. Now, pet experts, they're starting to worry about so-called designer hybrid cats. Now, hybrids are crossbreeds between actual wild cats, cats like servals, bobcats, lynxes, Asian leopard cats, and domestic cats. And the results are gorgeous, but the warnings are out now that the cats may still have some wild instincts, and they might not be such great pets unless you know what you're doing. The American Association of Feline Practitioners is now opposing breeding to create the hybrids. It considers as a public safety problem, and they're worried that as people realize these cats can be a little hard to handle, it's going to result in them starting to show up in shelters. And some of these cats actually, these hybrids actually get kind of large. So this really is is going to be an issue. History has been made at the Sea Life Melbourne Aquarium with the birth of a brown banded bamboo shark pup. It's the first shark that was ever hatched via artificial insemination. And they hope that maybe this can be used to help breed threatened species. And there's another reason not to leave that dog alone in the car. An 18-month-old boxer named Fern got a little impatient when her owner left her in the car in Scotland. She simply climbed over into the driver's seat and calmly honked the horn on the car continuously for 15 minutes with her paw. I mean, it just beep, 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 beep. And when the owner got back, he found a crowd around the car watching. And, yeah, it was all caught on a cell phone. And Fern is now quickly becoming a big Internet celebrity for her horn-honking ability by paw. I'm Tammy Trujillo, more breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Supplies. Visit FosterAndSmith.com for pet supplies selected by veterinarians with 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Doctors Foster & Smith, your trusted source for quality, affordable pet supplies. Veterinarian-owned, with veterinary expertise behind every product. Doctors Foster & Smith has thousands of name-brand pet products, including pet medications, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day, so you save on every order, with free shipping on orders $49 or more. Fast service delivered right to your door. Shop online at FosterAndSmith.com, because your pet's health and happiness come first. Geico presents Strange Savings Stories. Astronomers detected an interstellar transmission. It stated, Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The implications were staggering. Was the cosmos telling us we could all save hundreds on car insurance with Geico? Or did their radar merely pick up a signal from the nearby Rufus and Clyde's morning show? We may never know. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 
Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 888-679-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 888-679-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 888-679-MY-TV that's 888-679-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 888-679-MY-TV that's 888-679-MY-TV you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You know, you're talking there in the news about all the animals that can see ultraviolet. This is very cool. Uh-huh. I understand that actually humans that have cataract surgery, they have that layer that's removed that actually allows them to see ultraviolet light, and they also have some of the same abilities. That's been reported. So uh, that's that cool. They could before the cataract surgery. After no. the cataract surgery, yes. What is ultraviolet light? What do you see? What do you, what's what's going on? It, it, from from what I was reading, it makes things really bright. Oh, you know okay. that that's why cats sometimes they'll fixate like a piece of paper. Cats will fixate on it. You're always wondering. Maybe it's, I always thought it was the sound of the paper as they kind of crunched it and tore it up. But maybe it's because it's just so brilliant in their eyes. It's like, ooh, this thing is glowing. I've got to get it. They have amazing wow. eyes. Yeah, they sure. Oh yeah. See, I was more interested in the story about the dog honking the horn because we went to Pet- <laughs> we went to Petco yesterday, and oh, there yes. was a dog that jumped over into the front seat Started and was honking, honking the horn because his owner was inside. And then, of course, the story we reported two weeks ago about, the, or I guess Britt Savage reported two weeks ago about the dog who. Uh, took off with the car, disengaged the gear oh shift, the gear shift yeah. and took off. Whoa. Don't leave dogs in cars alone. It, it just doesn't work out. I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I'll be back to join you up. <coughs> there you go. There goes I'll Ellen. I'll rejoin you in a minute. I'm making off, a network break. Off to the bathroom for a network break. Seven him potty break. Yeah. And uh, while he's doing that, let's talk with Dr. Joel Ahrenswag. Hi, doctor. How are you doing? Hey, I'm wonderful, guys. How are you all doing? Oh, you know, it's it's one of those days we're looking out of the studio right now. It is so sunny, so beautiful. It's high's, springy. High's near almost 80 outside right now, and we want to be out there with the dogs running around. And uh, so I assume most everybody feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think we're all ready for spring, but I... You know, I, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy. You know, I think that just as soon as I feel comfortable, it's going to hit the fan again. Well, you know, when spring comes, we have to deal with all the parasites that come with it. I know there's like tapeworms. Tapeworms are one of my least favorite parasites. Not that I have a favorite parasite. <laughs> and I understand. Oh, I that. You know, not up close and personal, but. With some parasites, and they're reasonable in that you can tell the dog or the cat has them. They, they vomit, they have diarrhea, you can see them in the stool. Um, tapeworms are, are a lot sneakier. Uh, rarely will you see a uh, egg basket, which will indicate that they have tapeworms. Um, and they don't really get you real sick. Uh, they take, you know, 20% of what the dog or the cat eats and mm. they can predispose you to some health problems but they're not bad but they are kind of gross 
They're actually very gross. And the the interesting thing is, um, if you're they go through intermediate hosts. You, you you get tapeworms from eating, or well, dogs and cats too anyway, from eating uh, fleas. If they jump, flea jumps on. If the cat is an outside cat and hunts birds, mice, voles, dogs are out there going after rabbits. They will probably pick up tapeworms. And uh, one of the things that uh, I used to recommend, if the cat was out there, it was a hunter, uh, and it didn't have to be a really very good hunter, uh, then I would recommend routine deworming. Um, and in practice, you know, we use uh, Dronset, which is a very, very safe product. It's been around for um, Forever. many years. Yeah. But um, we now have um, over-the-counter form, which makes it easier, more convenient, and uh, a bit less expensive than having to go to to an office. And now is that because it's now in a generic form? It's the same drug. I mean, it came, it came off patent, basically. Okay. Okay. So, but again, vets are still using it because it is effective and, uh, and very, very, very safe. I mean, uh, 25 years of practice, I don't think I ever remember an animal having a problem with it. They don't taste very good, so giving it to cats you know, can be a bit tricky. But, um, but, and again, there are newer combinations now, um, of prosequantil plus other, other drugs to get combinations of, um, different parasites that may affect dogs and cats. But if it's just straight tapeworm, then, then Dronset brand prosequantil is prosequantil generic over the counter. Yeah. So is that is that a preventative or is that something you do after? No, that's a treatment. That, that's a that treatment. Okay. You know, okay. You want to prevent fleas, um, and saran wrap is very very effective in keeping <laughs> fleas off um, <laughs> off animals. Yeah, I don't know if, today. I don't know if there's any way to really prevent flea infestation anymore. Things are getting really tough, and the new new drugs that are out there to keep fleas and ticks and mosquitoes away are um, are really needed. But, uh, again, if, if you have a dog or a cat and hunts um, and picks up um, the tapeworm through eating a mouse or eating a bird, um, there's no account that you know, excludes the, the fleas from the equation, but they can still pick them up. Will this drug you know, harm my pet if I give it to them and I'm not sure that they even have tapeworms? No, that, it's really very, very safe. Um, again, and if you, again, if you think that your your dog or cat picked up a flea or had fleas last year or comes home with um, a leg of rabbit, you know, and nothing <laughs> else, then if you're not sure, you wait and then you, you deworm, pro, I think, prophylactically. And it's, again, because it's so bloody safe, there, there's, uh, I don't think, any downside to um, staying one step ahead of the, the parasites, if you can. You know, I want to jump in because there's some common misconceptions with tapeworms that are just well worth discussing. And one of them is that I see a lot of folks that will bring in a stool sample and they see things moving in the stool and they think, oh my gosh, I got tapeworms. <laughs> and it's, they're typically 
maggots in the stool in many cases if the stool's been sitting out for several days. So the tapeworm, um, they look like dried rice on the anal area, or if you're lucky enough to see a string of them, they'll be all kind of connected together. But yeah, maggots are often miscon- <laughs> misconstrued as um, some kind of worm mm. in the dog's stool. And you know, the other thing that I have a lot of people that kind of, I've seen people, people at the dog parks, and this, this happens all the time. You know, my, my dog eats rabbit poo, and, and the vet said that they, they're getting the worms from the, the rabbits. Tapeworms, they may ingest um, the rabbit's stool, and they may show evidence of it in their stool sample, but they're not actually, unless they're eating the flesh right. of the rabbit, they're not actually going to get the parasites. Otherwise, they just pass through. Right, right. It's got to be. It's the same as people, you know, uh, get tapeworm from eating uh, sushi. Oh, that's nice. I was going to have sushi for lunch. <laughs> okay, the, the web the website to get this over the counter is prolabspets.com. Prolabspets. Dr. Joel Ahrenswag joining us now. At the beginning of this, Dr. Debbie, uh, mm-hmm. we said that tape, tape, <laughs> tapeworms weren't your favorite. What, what is your favorite parasite? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because my favorite parasite are ear mites. <laughs> They are, you know why? Because they are great to entertain the family when they come in and, you know, someone brings a puppy or a kitten in and we diagnose ear mites. And so what I like to do is pull them up to the microscope and let them look up in low power, just these little things crawling all over and you can just, just watch them. It's, it's, they are it, ugly, they're, man. And they are, they're, they're ugly, they're huge. Ugly. They're ugly, cute. I'm going to argue that because you get to see all their little legs and their movements and it's just, yeah, it's so a you're, really you're, memorable experience. You're, you're not. You're not dealing with an average. You're not dealing with an average lady here, doctor. You're, you're not dealing with the average woman. We're not dealing with a veterinarian. That's something that that I appreciate. I mean, veterinarians are interesting people. Yes, they certainly we have are. our own quirks, you know. But um, sometimes far from normal or normal folk. <laughs> it is a, a hoot to, to be a veterinarian. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is gorgeous down here too today. Oh, it is so beautiful. So beautiful outside. I want to go walk the dogs now. Okay. Can we go do that now? Forget the show. This portion of Animal Radio is brought to you by FlexRx. Like people as dogs get older, arthritis is the most common problem that they face. And FlexRx doesn't just mask those symptoms, it restores natural joint function. FlexRx, available at Pet Supplies Plus. Don't forget that $10 off coupon over at the website. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all bow for the dog father. I got a I got a great email from um a um Miss Mary Classy who, who uh, wanted to tell me she turned 81 also um last week so wow. um, happy birthday to her and she has a Lhasa Apso that um she actually has groomed regularly and she said that the dog is about 10 years old and um she goes every year to get the dog some teeth cleaned at the veterinarian she listens to animal um radio and oh, she God wants to know yeah, exactly. She wants to know, you know, why do I say that, you know, to be leery about gum groomers that um actually um clean the dog's teeth. Yeah. And I want to I want to clarify it. Number one, I want to tell her, you know, what what I mean by that. Number one, um, it's not a bad thing um for groomers to actually brush your dog's teeth. The only thing is what you got to do is you got to it's it's 
takes daily attention, just like your teeth. If you go to your local pet groomer um, every, and, you know, a good customer used to come to the salon, came in every four to six weeks. If you brushed your teeth once a month, okay, you're going to have problems. Now, some dogs never need their teeth cleaned, and basically it's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, a genetic problem. Um, it's not something that, that just comes on. Dogs generally that have bad teeth um, have bad teeth their whole lives. Really? Dogs generally that have good teeth have good teeth their whole lives, and veterinarians have done studying on it and found, you know, it doesn't really have too much to do with the food they eat. It doesn't have have to do with cleaning them. Basically, it has to do with genetics themselves. So in order to stay on top of it, you have to clean your dog's teeth. Now, there's a couple of ways. Number one, you can get pet um, tooth um, toothpaste, which is usually enzymatic. Can't you use have to really, you can't. You, no, you don't <laughs> want to use people. You don't want to use the people stuff. You want to use the stuff that's basically um, designed for dogs. And usually it has like a, um, a chicken flavor or meat flavor, you know, not something that, that we would want to use ourselves. Um, I don't know. That would be kind of uh, cool. Yeah, but how is... Yeah, but then, human then we have to call you chicken breath. Well, human toothpaste is toxic, and they don't spit it, yeah. so they'd swallow Well, what if it, I could so. teach my... Do- no, what I mean is cool. Well, if they can make human toothpaste, use- well, that's you- chicken flavor. Well, why don't you just use the dog? Chicken flavored. Oh, there you go. Yes, yeah, so a whole Thanksgiving dinner flavor, yeah, you know, you just know, like in Willy Wonka. I'm really sorry I interrupted you now. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's okay. Really, you just got to get in their mouth because it's enzymatic and, you know, they're, they're able to swallow. Just like Judy said, it's non-toxic and it usually helps out. Now, some dogs aren't going to let you put anything in their mouth, okay? Otherwise, you're going to be missing some digits there. So they also make <laughs> sprays. They make drops. They make water additives. And the whole thing is staying on top of it. Now, this is only something that slows the process down you still have to make sure that you that you check your pet's teeth regularly especially in the back and they're not developing a lot of decay on them. if they are go to your veterinarian and have them professionally cleaned if you want to go to your groom and have their teeth cleaned that's absolutely fine but just remember one thing it takes more than just going to see your groomer once you need to do this at least two, three times a week. If you could do it every day, that would be wonderful. But if a groomer is actually doing a dentistry on your dog, like scaling your dog's teeth, no, absolutely mm. not. That's a veterinarian's job, and don't let your groomer talk you into it. In a lot of states, it's even illegal. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I'm I'm so caffeinated right now, can I tell you? I'm barely holding it together. Uh, You're awesome. This is Animal Radio, baby. Hi, Joyce. Hi. You wanted to talk to Dr. Debbie, right? Yes, that would be great. Here, I'm going to trade mics. Go ahead, Doc. Hi. Well, you got me. I'm here. What can I do for you? Hi. We've got a dog that's mm, somewhere between probably 11 and 13 years old. We got her as an adult. She's a very small dog, um, about a foot high and only about 12 pounds, and she's a mutt. She's got some Mm -hmm. black lab in her. But she tends to get under my my daughter's dog, under her bed or behind my bed occasionally, and she just starts clawing like she's digging at the ground, only it's my carpet, which is not mm-hmm. a good thing, along with she always seems to do it when we're trying to sleep. And mm-hmm. we just think she there's something going on we don't figure out. 
Okay. Does she do any kind of digging in the yard as far as any uh, digging holes or digging in the grass, anything like that? Yeah, she does, but nothing like really excessive or out of the ordinary that the other animals that we've had have done. Mm-hmm. And is this something she's always done or as she's gotten older it's developed? As she's gotten older. Okay. Because um, it seems like my dogs are representative of all the calls we seem to get here because I do have a Labrador <laughs> that is a carpet digger and it looks like someone's gone through some of the guest bedrooms with like a rake um, because there's toenail marks uh-huh. through the carpet um, <laughs> where she digs, usually associated with when she's going to bed. And some dogs have kind of a nesting instinct where they kind of, whether they have a bed or not, they feel the need to kind of dig and kind of make things right where they're laying down. Um, my dog will actually do this in her sleep. She wakes up, gets up, and does this in her sleep as well. So some of that is somewhat of a behavior-type issue for her. Um, I guess for an older dog, the other thing that I would consider, if this is something that's developed more as she's gotten in her, her senior years, is that you know, we might have some degree of... Um, I don't want to say mental decline, but cognitive dysfunction. Uh, we do find that older pets can develop some um, problems um, where they maybe don't always recognize uh, their environment as well as they used to. Um, and some of that can in- include nighttime behaviors, nighttime anxiety, problems settling down where they get up in the middle of the night. Um, a lot of times there's other signs that accompany that, but that could certainly be even part of what we're dealing with. Um, and if it's mostly at nighttime, um, then there are some steps we might might address and we might do. Um, if she's an older gal and she hasn't been to the vet lately, I would definitely want to make sure she gets a clean bill of health and maybe just some basic lab work, make sure there's nothing going on there. Um, but for many pets, um, I actually do prescribe nighttime um, uh, sedatives or tranquilizers to help them if it seems to be only a nighttime uh, directed behavior. Um, so that might be something to consider um, as far as if it's done more when someone's around, there are dogs that do this out of attention seeking and it's just kind of a way they deal with their anxiety and their stress. Um, so I don't know, is that something where it's done when you guys are nearby or is it out of your presence? Usually when nearby, occasionally she'll do it more when my daughter's out of the home for an extended period of time. And then what she'll start to do, too, was she'll, like, walk right under your feet. Or, like, if you're sitting down somewhere or at a desk, she wants to be, like, in your lap. And she's never been a lap dog ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, like want this attention all the time. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I think that you're right that it's possibly associated with her age and the fact, like when my daughter is away. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking, you know, for some behavioral steps that we might do to addressing that, um, you know, we don't want to necessarily reward that type of behavior, but we want to give her something else to do at the time that she can't be doing while she's digging. Um, so, you know practicing basic obedience commands, the sit, stay, down type things, kind of take take her out of that loop of concentrating on that obsessive compulsive behavior and give her something else to do and to focus on. So whether that's, you know, practicing some old dogs can learn new tricks too, so we can't forget that. So, um, you know, practicing little behavior steps, um, giving her a chew item or a favorite treat, something else to focus on um, than that. And, and at least medically, those are some of those common reasons for why we might run into this in a senior gal. And What about the other thing about craving her? I know a lot of people will crave their dogs at night. And if we've tried to, like, put her, we have a little dog run, and she's Houdini. She gets out of that. If we put her in the garage, she then will 
alcohol at the door in the door frame. Um, mm, so, okay. you know, that's kind of out of the, out of the option. But I, I was thinking maybe about just buying her a crate. You know, for some dogs, a crate can be a wonderful thing. I would be a little concerned for what you're describing and how she behaves when she's either left alone or perceived that she might be alone. Um, so not that she can't do that, but she could still dig at a crate. And we don't want a, um, a frustrated, anxious pet who is just confined. That doesn't get okay. us anywhere. So um, okay. we might need to pair that with other things. Um, so, you know, trying to give her other things to keep her occupied. Um, and you can use a crate, but you just have to make sure you're not leaving her her long periods of time that she's calm right. when she's in the crate so you're rewarding calm behaviors and not allowing her to get amped up and, and anxious because that's just going to um, be very counterproductive to keeping her in, in that kind of environment oh that makes a lot of sense yes thank you Thank right. you for your call, Joyce. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's beautiful. Dr. Debbie, you say all kinds of words that I can't say. What were you talking about before I cringed about a dog eating a penis or something like that? Oh, bully that stick. Freaky, yes, bully sticks. You've never heard of bully that's sticks? That's you know, I have to say, that, that is the bully stick is one of the most interesting marketing that they have out there. Because I actually had to explain that to a client once. What exactly their dog was gnawing on. <laughs> that they thought it was so wonderful that it kept their dog entertained. And it was this little white flu. Goofy poodle, and the mom was just so happy that that bully stick kept her so entertained. And then she was aghast when she found out. Why did they call it a bully stick? I mean, you don't really. Well, what are you going to call it, Alan? Penis doesn't really Uh, sell. You could call it the fun wand. (laughs) Fun wand. Okay, guys, thanks for uh, hanging with us today. Be sure to download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is a free download. You can listen to the show anytime you want, as well as ask your questions directly from the app. Why don't they create a... Why can't... Okay, if a dog's going to chew on a, on, a, on a wanger, there should be a big thing. Some things preserve freeze-dried really well, and some things don't. See that? We are superior, Hal. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> This is Animal Radio Network.